Welcome to episode eight, as we are talking about opening revival doors. I'm asking you tonight, I can feel it in the spirit. I can feel God doing something special in the bride of Christ. I feel there's an awakening coming. There is a revival coming in our spirits. There's a new wineskin being poured. There's new wine being poured into the new wineskin. I'm asking you tonight, are you prepared? Is your heart prepared? Have you closed off your, the doors of your heart to hear the voice of God? Well, it's time to open the doors of your heart. It's time to hear the voice of God. It's time to reopen up your heart and your ears to hear God speaking through his men and women as they begin to to speak in this hour. So I'm asking you tonight, are you ready? I see people out there commenting, already getting fired up. I see you out there. So keep it going. Keep the comments coming. Like it. And uh, let's get this thing moving tonight. And I'm just going to jump right in tonight. You know, last week we did some teaching and I want to kind of do some more teaching this week. I had a lot of people say they really enjoyed that, kind of slowed down, went a little slower pace, but taught. And sometimes when you slow down, instead of just preach and uh, come in there hardcore, you can actually get in there and, and, and have some moment to digest what God is saying. Before we get started, there's one truth that I want you to know before I get into the main part of this message. I want to read, put one verse right here, and it says this right here. It says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? So don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? That's something that you must know. In the Passion Translation, it says this in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God. The Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary, your temple. You were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood. So by all means then, use your body to bring glory to God. Before we get started tonight in this teaching, you must know that you are now the... If you ask Jesus into your life and he lives inside of you, the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are now the temple of God. Are you using your life to bring glory to God? And, and have you cleansed your temple? Are you ready for what God is going to do? So I want you to know that verse before we move into anything else, because that's going to be pivotal on what we are talking about tonight. So if you're out there and, and like it, show me a comment, comment that you're here, because I don't know who's watching unless you comment. And I love to see who's out there because it really fires me up to know that you're out there watching. So if you are, comment, let us know where you're watching from. But let's jump right into this because you are the temple of God. So I've been going through the book of Second Chronicles right here in this book right here, the Bible. Man, it's so, man, I was just telling Nick a minute ago, I have gotten into a season where I have fallen in love with reading the Bible all over again. And there's some seasons where you go through where sometimes you like to pray, sometimes you like to worship, sometimes you like to... But I'm in a season where I'm just falling in love with reading the Word of God again because it's alive, it's active, it moves your spirit. Man, it just comes in and convicts, it corrects, it rebukes, it, it, it brings you joy, and it does everything you want. It'll fire you up, it'll just fill you up. So get in the Word. 
I don't care how old school it sounds. That's where it's at. It's right here in the Bible. And so uh, I want to start out, we've been talking about different kings, because the book of Chronicles talks about all the different kings that come into Judah, come into Israel. And the first one I want to talk about tonight is King Ahaz. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 28. So we'll open up with that. And it, all, it, it says this about the different kings when they come in. It says that they live for the Lord or they didn't live for the Lord. So King Ahaz comes on the scene, and Brad needs some water. How about that? So King Ahaz, it says, He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He had made idols and worshipped other gods. Now this is just so sad when there's people that have just gotten it right with the Lord, they're living for the Lord, but then on comes a king where he does not do right in the eyes of the Lord. And this is what it says about him. Down in verse um, 19, verse 19, it says, The Lord had humbled Judah because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had promoted wickedness in Judah and had been most unfaithful to the Lord. Now, this is the first one of the kings where it says he had been most unfaithful to the Lord. And then a verse down further, it says, In his time of trouble, King Ahaz became even more unfaithful to the Lord. So it lets you know that in a time of trouble, you have a choice to make. So maybe you found yourself in a time of trouble right now. You do have a choice to make. Are you going to turn to God? Are you going to seek God? You're going to stay the same? Or in this, in King Ahaz's case, he went even more deeper into, into trouble. And it says he even became more unfaithful to God. So there are levels of unfaithfulness to God. This also lets me know that there are levels of faithfulness to God. How, what level of faithfulness are you living in right now for God? I see people tuning in from everywhere. I see Stephanie and Jason Stokes from Alabaster. I see Nate Miss Pale from Vermont. Hey, buddy, I love you guys up there. Tell your family I said, hey. But we are talking about um, the king right here, King Ahaz, who did not live right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, in his time of trouble, he became even more unfaithful to the Lord. But I want you to key verse right here. As he was unfaithful to the Lord, this is the key verse that I'm going to key in on tonight. Second Chronicles Chapter 28, verse 24 says this, Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and took them away. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. Now, I've got a verse. I want you to, I want you to see that verse. So check out this verse right here. Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and cut them into pieces. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. Very key point there. This is an evil king, an evil king that said he, he had shut the doors of the temple of the Lord. Now think about this. The temple of the Lord, this is where the Lord was living. This is where the Lord, the presence of God was resting. And this king had shut the doors of the temple and nobody else could come in there to experience the presence of God. And so I want you to first see that because when King Ahaz has passed away, he had shut the doors of the temple. But don't you know that when something bad happens and the enemy comes and he feels like he has won, that God always raises up somebody to come behind them and get things right and in order for God's revival to come. And right after King Ahaz comes King Hezekiah. It is actually King Ahaz's son 
So King Hezekiah is Ahaz's son. He comes on the scene at a young age and becomes king. And it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now I want to pause here because it talks about who his mother is. It's very important here. Mothers, pay attention here. It says his mother was Abijah, which is the daughter of the man of God named Zechariah, who trained up King Uzziah, in the, in, the, in the fear of the Lord. And so he was all, so Zechariah had trained up kings, and now he was training up his daughter who was the queen. Zechariah trained kings and queens, and he was training up Hezekiah. He had trained up Ab- Abijah, which is the mother of Hezekiah. And he, now Abijah, because he was been poured into by Zechariah, was now raising Hezekiah to become a godly king. Now, this is very important. 2 Chronicles 26, 5, it says that that he was trained in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is something very, very important because you got to understand that eternity is real. Like I said last week, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock is on our all of our schedules if the Lord gives it to us. It's coming. We can't stop it. The fear of the Lord is a healthy fear, meaning that eternity... Standing before God is on our schedule and we can't stop it. When you begin to live like that and think like that, something begins to happen inside of you. You begin to have a healthy fear of the Lord. You begin to make all your decisions based on eternity, based on what God is asking you to do. And you're living to please him and not the world. This is what living in the fear of the Lord means, because it actually says that in Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How is the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom? Because that right there, if, if you are concentrated on living your life for eternity and what really matters, you're going to begin to wake, make wise decisions. But when you're not focused on eternity and standing before the Lord to give an account for every word, every action, every deed, then you begin to make foolish decisions. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it's where everything starts. And Zechariah had trained up Hezekiah in the fear of the Lord. So... Zechariah had also trained up his daughter in the ways of the Lord, in the fears of the Lord. And think about this. Mothers, if you're out there and you've got a husband who's not living for the Lord at the moment, you can still raise your children in, the, in godly ways. King Ahaz was one of the most evil kings of his time, and he didn't pay any attention to his son, but his mother, the queen, Abijah, spent lots of time pouring into Hezekiah, pouring into him and, and pouring into him how to have a relationship with God and how to live for the Lord and and how to live in the ways of God. And guess what happened? He became a godly king that pleased the Lord. So Ahaz was evil, but Abijah raised her in the ways of the Lord. Mothers, you got to know, no matter what's going on around you, you can still raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Wives, you can still live godly lives if your husband is living in darkness. Can you imagine what Abijah was going through as she was the husband or the queen of King Ahaz, but she still had a relationship with God. She still raised her children in the ways of the Lord, even though all of that darkness was going on around her. So it is our responsibility how we raise our children and how we raise the disciples that God puts in our life. So we got to continue to pour into them because you never know 
This is what's so cool right here. Things may look bad right now, but keep training those around you in the ways of the Lord because they may be, they may be the next king who brings revival. Abijah, she was believing it, but she didn't know how Hezekiah was going to turn out in all of the bad things that were going on while Hezekiah was growing up and his father was an evil king. But Abijah goes, you know what? I'm going to stay focused on the Lord. I'm going to keep training my child up in the ways of the Lord because you never know. You may be training the next king or the next leader, the next pastor, the next evangelist that brings revival to this land. So, ladies, husbands, everybody out there, fathers, mothers, keep training your children up in the ways of the Lord. That fires me up because Hezekiah really didn't have, if you look at his father, he wasn't going to become a righteous king, but his mother was the one that spent time with him. And, he, and Hezekiah became a king that brought revival to the land. You'll find out further in this episode that this was when King Hezekiah comes on the scene, he brought revival to the land like the land of Judah and Israel hadn't seen since the time of Solomon. Like when Solomon was there, God came down in the, in the, in the temple so much that the presence of God was there and filled up the temple. But Hezekiah brought a revival back to the land because he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and he followed the ways of the Lord. And let's talk about King Hezekiah for a moment and what we can learn. So this is the first thing that you can learn is this. Hezekiah had a leader, a spiritual father, which is actually his father, and that was Ahaz, who was an evil king. So I want to say this first. Just because your leaders forsook the Lord does not mean that you have to forsake the Lord. Just because spiritual leaders around you forsake the Lord and they turn down evil paths does not mean that you have to turn down evil paths and forsake the Lord and begin to live in evil ways. You still have the choice, even though you may have been spiritually wounded or affected by things all around you. Maybe you've had past ministries that were failed or been a part of ministries that just were evil at times, I'm telling you right now, in this moment, you still have the choice. Are you going to live your life for the Lord and live in the ways of the Lord? For 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3, this is the whole key verse of tonight right here that I want to point out to. Ready? This is, uh, let's see, um, right here. 2 Chronicles 29, 3. In the first month of the first reign of year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He opened the temple doors. The first thing that Hezekiah did when he became king was reopen the temple doors and repair them. So I'm telling you right now, how do we open revival doors? How do we open the doors that the enemy has shut? Is that we have to make a decision that we are going to let Jesus be the king of our heart. We're going to let him sit on our heart and we're going to begin to let him open up the doors of our heart. So this is what King Hezekiah decided to do amongst all that his father had done and all the political people all around him. He said, no, the first thing I'm going to do is reopen the temple doors of the kingdom so people can begin to experience the presence of God in their life all again. So I'm telling you tonight, if you want to experience revival, maybe you have, remember, you are now the temple. You are now the temple. So if I want to ask you this, have you been hurt by someone spiritually? Have you been spiritually wounded? Have you ran off the wrong path? Is there some reason that you have closed the temple doors to your heart?
because you're the temple. So are you operating in a King Ahaz spirit at the moment where you have shut the temple doors of your heart? You're not allowing the voice of God to speak to you. You're not allowing yourself to go into that inner chamber in the presence of God and be intimate with him because you've decided to shut the temple doors. I'm telling you right now, if we want to see revival in this nation, if we want to see revival in the bride of Christ, if we want to see revival in the church in this hour, in this moment, each individual out there has to decide to reopen the temple doors in their heart so they can begin to spend some intimate time with Jesus and go after him and begin to let the presence of God just saturate their life, saturate their family, saturate their home, saturate their church, saturate their their workplace. But it all happens when the temple doors of our heart are open for the King of Kings to come in and rest and for people to begin to experience the life that we live as a Christian filled with the presence of God and the anointing of God. And it all comes with what? Having the doors of the temple open in your heart. So, but I'm telling you what, that is something amazing that I want you to see is this, that that was the first thing that King Hezekiah did. The second thing that he did, let's start with this right here. Satan's main goal is to close the doors of the temple. He had worked through King Ahaz to close the doors of the temple. He had worked so hard to close the doors of the temple, and Satan is working extra overtime right now in your life to shut the gates of the, the doors of the temple in your heart. Have you been spiritually wounded? Has something happened? Are you going through finance problems? You're going through relationship problems, going through marriage problems? You go, are you depressed? Or what is going on in your life? Because I'm telling you right now, Satan's main goal is to shut the temple doors in your heart so that you don't allow the presence of God to come into your life. You don't, you don't spend any intimate time with them. And when you shut the temple doors of, in your heart, man, and you're not spending time in the presence of God, this world will overtake you quicker than you could ever imagine. And you can begin to live a life that's not pleasing to the Lord. So have you been hurt by a leader? Have you been hurt by someone in your life? And are the temple doors of your heart closed? Let's stop and let's evaluate because we can't go any further if we don't know. Have you, um, have you, um, have you closed the doors to your temple? Have you closed the doors to, uh, to the heart of your temple? What is going on in your life? I just want you to stop and evaluate evaluate. This is a moment where you've got to say, are they closed or are they open for the presence of God? Are they open for God to do something new in this moment? Okay, so as we've evaluated and as we have gotten to that place, I just want to look you in the eye and say this. As King Hezekiah came on the scene and he looked the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel in the face, and he says, it is time to reopen the temple doors. I'm looking at you tonight. If you've been wounded, if you've been hurt, if you've backslidden and you're in a place where you never thought you could ever be used by God again, you can. But here's what I need to tell you tonight. It is time to open the doors 
of your heart. It is time to open the temple doors of your heart. You must go down inside of you and open them up and say, God, I'm sorry for shutting these temple doors. I'm sorry for shutting my ears to your voice. I'm sorry for shutting my ears to the voice of of your people. I'm sorry, God, for tuning out and walking in my own way. I'm sorry, God. And now tonight I'm going to reopen the temple doors of my heart because that's the first thing I must do if I want to see revival in my life in my family, in the church, and in the bride of Christ, and be a part of this awakening. Man, last night I was watching a movie, and there was people surfing, and they were paddling out to get out there in front of this huge wave so they could ride it all the way in. Y'all, I'm telling you right, I can just feel it in my spirit. There is a wave coming, a spiritual wave that is coming. It is coming, and it is going to just take the beaches of Christianity. It is going to come in like never before. But you know what? You have to go out. You have to paddle out and get in place to be able to ride the wave in. You can't see the wave and then try to get out there and ride it. You'll miss it. So you've got this is a moment where we are preparing for the wave. We're preparing for the revival, preparing for the awakening that's coming. Right now is the time to prepare. And the first way you got to prepare is you got to make sure the temple doors of your heart are open and you're seeing what God is doing and you're asking God what he wants to do in this time, in this hour. So he did two things. He opened the doors and then he repaired them. So maybe you've had the doors of your heart open, but maybe you need to repair the doors. Maybe you need to repair your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been just kind of going through the motions and you need to really kick in the pants to go, hey, you know what? This is real. Let's just stop. There's nothing more real than eternity. There's nothing more real than God. There's nothing more real than you are going to spend eternity in one of two places even in heaven or in hell. There's nothing more real than you are going to be rewarded for the way you live your life on this earth. This is the real as it gets. What you're seeing out there in this world, if it's houses, cars, popularity, fame, whatever you've been shooting after, whatever you've been going after, those things aren't real. They will fade away. But Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22, Behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me and I will pay to each person according to what they have done. What are you doing with your life? Is your temple bringing glory to God? Is it it's time for you to repair this relationship with God? If you've just been floating through life, if you've just been floating through Christianity, it is time for you to get serious because there's nothing more real than your relationship with God in eternity. So, man, I don't know where. I'm, the Holy Spirit is flowing all over me tonight. I'm just flying around all over my notes, but I'm telling you what, God is moving and I can feel it in his time for us to open the doors and repair, repair our relationship with God. So is the God of Ahaz on the throne of your heart or is the God of Hezekiah on the throne of your heart? That's what I want to ask you tonight. Is the God of Ahaz on the throne of your heart? which he just did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He, he shut the doors of the temple, did what he wanted to. Are you doing what you want to in this life and in this moment? Or are you living for the Lord? Are you obeying him? Are you going after his will? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 that not everyone that comes to the gates is going to get in. There are many people that expected to get in, but Jesus looked at him and said, depart from me. I never knew you. It's only those that know Jesus intimately, that have a relationship, 
relationship with him intimately. And it says that those who do the will of the Father and know Jesus intimately are the ones that will enter into the kingdom of heaven. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing more serious than that right there is making sure that you know Jesus and that you are known by him and that you are doing what he has asked you to do in this moment in life. So let's let's open up these revival doors and let's get our hearts open and asking God, what is it that he wants to do in our lives? It's time to let God take his seat as king back on our heart. Let's say that again. It's time to let God take his seat, take his seat on the throne of our hearts. Are you going to let him take the seat, the throne of your heart back tonight? That is what is important. Not just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian or I walk through the doors of a church, but it's Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of your heart. Is he king? Is he ruler of your life? In Luke chapter six, it actually says Jesus Jesus looks at people and says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? People are doing it all over the world. They're saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower. But they're not following the ways of Jesus. They're saying that he is my Lord, but they're not obeying him. If you're not doing what Jesus has asked you to do, you need to go back and evaluate your life. Are you in a relationship with Jesus and are you doing what he's asked you to do? Are you following his commands? Second Chronicles chapter 29 verse 4 is the second thing that King Hezekiah did to just reopen the temple doors to bring revival to the land. We're talking about opening up revival doors. The first thing he did was open the temple doors back up and repair them. The second thing he did was bring in the priests and Levites. So if you read down in that chapter, in 2 Chronicles 29, the second thing that he did to bring revival to the land is he brought back into the temple the priests and the Levites. I want you to pause for a moment. Has anybody else out there besides me been spiritually wounded and you turned, you tuned out the voices, the voice of God, and then you tuned out the voices that God had in your life to speak to you? Right here, I'm raising my hand. When I got so spiritually wounded, it, first of all, it was hard for me to trust the voice of the Lord until I began to under, just get to know Him better again. But the second of all, y'all, I tuned out everybody. I was like, you know what? I'm only speaking. I'm only letting the Lord speak to me through him, through his word, through the Holy Spirit. And I just, you know, it was hard for me to trust people. But I'm just telling you right now, that's not the way God intended for us to live. He's put people in our lives where he can speak to us through them. And this is the second thing that Hezekiah did in that moment to bring revival back to the land. He brought the priest and the Levites back in the temple. He helped God's leaders regain their voice back in the hearts of the people. So you need to allow God to bring godly people back into your life. I know that you've been wounded, but you must allow God's people to speak into your life again. If you want to see revival in your heart, if you want to see revival in your relationship with God. You want to see revival in your family. You want to see revival in your church. You want to see revival in this land. Then you must allow God to bring back the people of God into your life. And you must allow them to speak into your life again. You have learned so much from going through all the wounds and all the pains, but I'm telling you, you can discern. Your discernment is up. So when you discern that someone is living for the Lord, 
Lord and that their voice is a voice from the Lord, you've got to allow them to speak into your life again or we won't see the revival that we are looking to see. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, there's a revival coming and it's going to come when the, when the bride of Christ opened the temple doors and we allow God's men and women that God has sent, if it's a prophet, if it's an evangelist, apostle, a teacher, a pastor, whoever it may be, you've got to allow them to speak back into your life. We can't do this alone. God did not set this up for us to walk alone in Christianity. He put people in our lives. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus sent gifts to the church. These are gifts he gave to the people to speak into our lives, and we've got to allow that to happen again. Can I get an amen out there? I know that is speaking to some people out there because it spoke to me, and this is something I'm working on and have worked on over the years because when you get wounded, the hardest thing ever to do is to be able to trust people again. But come on, we want to see revival, don't we? We want to see an awakening. Let's let God's people speak into our lives again. So the third thing that he did, we're opening up revival doors. The third thing he did to open up a revival doors in the land of Judah and Israel, it comes in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 5. It says this, the third thing was he called for the people to purify themselves, to purify themselves and to purify the temple of the Lord. Let's pause for a moment. There is so much teaching going on out there right now in the body of Christ that makes me sick, that they talk about how purity doesn't matter, that character doesn't matter. Let me tell you right now, 100% sure, the Bible teaches that purity matters. It says that Jesus is coming back for a pure and a spotless bride, that purity matters, character matters. And so right now, the third door that Hezekiah opened to bring revival into his land was he told the people to consecrate themselves, to set themselves apart from the world, to purify themselves, to purify themselves. This is the moment, church. Pastors, I see pastors coming online right now watching. Pastors, we've got to begin to preach that purity matters, that character matters. If we want to see revival in this land, one of the doors that's going to be open to do that is going to be People purifying themselves, walking with Jesus, because when you're walking with Jesus, you desire to be pure. You desire to let the word of God be alive and active and convict you of things in your life. And you want to get those things out of your life so that you can begin to be purified. And he purified the people, begin to purify themselves, and they purified the temple once again. So Hezekiah, he was on fire. He was hearing from the Lord. He wanted to see revival in his land. And so he wasn't scared to preach purity. He wasn't scared to preach about good character. He said, you know what? I'm sick of hearing all these messages out there about this and about that. You know, what? everybody can find that everywhere. But tonight, I want to see revival in our land. I want to see revival in the bride of Christ. I want to see an awakening. And so when I see this week in my long time with the Lord that there are doors that we can open back in our lives to bring revival in our land and our churches and our family. 
That's what I've got to preach about. That's what I've got to talk about. It may not be so popular out there, but I can tell you who it is popular to, and that is to the bride of Christ. That is to the people that are looking to the Lord as their hope and their salvation and their rock. And I'm telling you right now, this is the moment we got to rise up and begin to preach what matters and how to bring revival into our land because our families need it. I don't know about you, but my family needs it. Your family needs it. Our churches, our neighborhoods, revival is needed. and It's going to happen when we understand that we've got to preach the word of God in the way that it needs to be preached. So continue to speak to people around you about what really matters. The third thing that was that was the revival door that was open was that Hezekiah called for purity. I'm right now, I'm going to call for purity. This is a call to purity. Begin to purify yourselves. This is not striving for perfection. Jesus Christ, he deposited 100% of righteousness into your account when you asked him to come into your life. You're already in right standing with God. You already are going to be entering into heaven. But this is how we walk with Jesus, become like Jesus. Isn't that the goal? Is to become like him, to walk like him, to, to, to see the miracles and the healings and the salvations and to, to, to walk in the character that he did. Man, if I'm in love with my husband, Jesus, if I'm in love with my bridegroom, Jesus, don't I want to walk like him and be like him and be one with him? This is the moment, y'all. We've got to begin to walk like Jesus did on this earth. And it's a call to purity. It's a call to character. It's a call to stand up and to do what you know is right. When you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your heart, man, go after him, obey him, and do what he's called you to do. The fourth door that was open for revival in the land of Judah when, when Hezekiah was king, the fourth thing he did to open up doors of revival is he told them to remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. He told them to remove all the defiled things from the temple. It's time for me and for you to remove all the defiled things from our life, to remove all the defiled things from the temple. Remember, we are now the temple. God lives in us. It's up to us to remove the defiled things from our life. So I'm asking you a period matters and if character matters and our walk with God matters I'm asking you tonight I really believe there are people out there listening there are things in your life that you need to get out of your life and you need to throw them out of your life throw them out of your home throw them out of your city that's what Hezekiah did he threw these things not only out of his home but completely out of his city because he wanted to see revival in his land. He wanted God, God's presence to come in and saturate everything around him so people could be changed. I'm going to ask you this. If you want to see an awakening and you want to see a revival and you want to see God move, do you think it's going to come by doing the same things we've been doing year after year after year after year? No, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take some people saying, yes, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to change. I'm going to take the defiled things out of my life. I'm going to shoot for purity. I'm going to walk the life that I can. When you sin and you mess up, go to the, just fall on your knees and humble yourselves and repent and say, God, I'm sorry, but I want to live close to you. I want this 
thing out of my life. Y'all, and those nagging sins just attack me in my life. And after I sin, I hate sinning because it interrupts my fellowship with God. It interrupts my intimacy with Jesus. And I go to God and I say, God, please take this away. Please let your presence come back over me because I can't stand being away from him. And I want to be, and I want to walk a pure life. And the anointing flows when there's purity. The spirit of God flows in more powerful way when there's purity. If you want to see your ministry become powerful, then live a life of purity because purity equals power because the Holy Spirit, he just lives on people when they're walking in purity. So, um, I've been going so fast through here that I haven't gone through all of these verses over here. But this is the one about purity. He said, he said to them, listen to me, you Levites, purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Right there in the word is time for us to remove the things that do not need to be there. But as I end tonight, I want to read this verse right here in 2 Chronicles it says this, Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. Now this is, um, you know what, I may back up to verse 10 for here a second so that you can see this. Um, he says, Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. Now, verse 11, My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him to minister before him, and to burn incense. My sons, my daughters, do not be negligent in this moment. Do not neglect your duties in this moment where God is calling for revival. There's an awakening coming and few people see it. It's time that we do what? It's time to stand. It is time to stand and serve God with all of our heart. It is the moment in time where the bride of Christ meets what she really believes and to know that her King Jesus, her husband, her bridegroom is coming back. He has made a covenant with us and we're to make a covenant with him. We told the people that we can no longer neglect our duties. Y'all, I'm looking you in the face tonight. It is time to stand for Jesus. It is time to serve him with your whole heart and to be wholeheartedly given into him and doing what God has called you to do. It is time to answer the call and to purify your life, your home, and your, and your church. It's time to purify the temple. It is time to do what... What Hezekiah did, he wrote a letter to all of Israel in chapter 30, and he said, return to the Lord. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. It is time. This is a call to purity. It's a call to stand. We need people around this nation and around this world who are going to stand up and open up the temple doors of their heart for Jesus to come in, his presence to come in and to change us, to change the people around us. Come on, people. It's time to reopen the doors of our heart. It's time to reopen the revival doors because there's a revival coming. There's an awakening coming and it's going to happen when you and me, when we open up the doors of our heart, when we allow God's people to speak into our lives, when we purify ourselves and we get rid of the defiled things in our life and we remember that Jesus is real and that he's coming back for you and for me. And I'm telling you what, 
Jesus is up there right now. His eyes are looking to and fro of who he can find his self strong through. Are you going to reopen the temple doors of your heart tonight? Are you going to open them up? Let him flood you with his spirit. Purify yourself. Repair the things that need to be repaired and get rid of the things that need to be get rid of because there is something coming that only the people that are prepared for are going to see. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for this moment? Are you prepared for this revival, this awakening that's coming? Because it will sneak up on you if you're not ready. But for those that are spending time with Jesus, you are intimate with him and you're getting ready for him. It won't sneak up on you. You'll be excited because you'll feel the new wine pouring into the new wine skin. And when it's filled up, the spirit of the Lord will come all over us. And there's going to be a revival like this world has never seen before.